Good morning, Silver Creek. It's great to be with you this morning. And I can only imagine what your living room looks like right now. I'm sure that there are people that have blankets and pillows, uh, pajamas. You've got your favorite coffee mug. And I tell you what, I'm excited that we have the opportunity to be together this morning. I want to just encourage you before I begin my message. Um, last week, there were a number of people that were friends of folks from Silver Creek that were asking for the link for this message. And so I just want to encourage you to take a moment and share this, uh, this video, this live presentation to your Facebook page so that your friends, uh, whether they're here in the Marquette area or in other places, they can, uh, they can come online with us, they can watch, they can be blessed, uh, they can be encouraged. And I think that you'll have some friends that will appreciate that. So just take a moment and do that. And, uh, and make sure you got a refill on your coffee. Um, if, if you've got a bowl of oatmeal there, make sure that that's hot and, and ready to go. Uh, maybe you, maybe you've uh, you even got bacon this morning. And, and if you have bacon this morning, I want you to know that I'm incredibly jealous um, that, that you have bacon there and, and I don't have any bacon right here with me. So as I get started this morning, I, <clears throat> I just want to really acknowledge that that I love the fact that not everyone has lost their sense of humor during this otherwise very stressful time. I want to I talk to you introverts for a moment. Uh, do we have introverts? If you're an introvert, even though you're in your living room, uh, raise your hand. Uh, only an introvert would hesitate to raise their hand in their own home to identify themselves as an introvert. But, but let me talk to you for a moment. This is like the moment that you've been training for your whole life. Uh, I came around the corner at the store the other day and an older gentleman and I were kind of turning at the exact same time and that guy took an immediate right turn like he was... Uh, like he was running from me. Uh, so there is just a, a social distancing, obviously, that's going on, and, uh, and that's completely okay. Uh, boy, I tell you what, we went from fist bumps to elbow bumps, and now people are reaching out their foot and tapping their foot on your foot, and uh, so it's really, it's really gone the whole route. I really love the memes that I'm seeing on social media. They're really amusing to me. And, uh, and I just, I think that there's some really funny ones that are out there, even though the coronavirus itself is, is not a laughing matter. But I've seen some people that have alluded to the idea that um, come Christmas that we're going to see a lot of babies this year uh, here in America. And that makes me want to ask, who's practicing social distancing now? Uh, we will know who you are and how terrible you are at socially distancing yourself, at least from your spouse. But our current world right now is being redefined in front of our eyes. There are some things, and, and I, don't, I don't say this to be overly dramatic, but there are some things that will never go back to normal after COVID-19 has passed. We're told that one of the major contributing factors which causes people 
who have consistently attended church to no longer attend church is life change. Let me ask you this question. Where are you right now? I would, I would be able to, with, with fair amount of certainty, say that, that no one of you is having brunch in their favorite restaurant right now. I think I can pretty much say that. I don't think anybody in this place, online, whether you're, you're at home or somewhere else, no one is watching the NBA live right now in an NBA stadium. Nobody is at the NCAA tournament right now. I would say that, that more than likely, few or no people are on vacation. Certainly, no one is at, at Disney World right now in Florida taking in the rides there at Disney World. As I even prepared this message a day or so ago, and as I was working on it, literally some of these things began to change in that amount of time. And, and I was going to say that probably no one is at the Mall of America. And since I wrote that, and not knowing for sure that anybody would be there, the Mall of America has announced that they're closing. So we see that, 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 uh, that people are not doing what they're normally doing. Nobody's downstate at, a, at, a, at their kids' uh, travel hockey team uh, tournament right now. And certainly, no one is sitting here at 219 Silver Creek Road in the sanctuary listening to me speak live right now. Let me just give you an idea of, the, of how fast and how rapidly things have changed Two Mondays ago, we had our regular deacon meeting, and not one word about coronavirus was mentioned during that meeting. Seven days later, we had another special deacon meeting just to deal with the impact of the virus. My point is this. Life change is here. In some aspects, things will never be the same again. With this thought in mind, my staff and I have made significant effort this week to reach out to every person that is part of our Silver Creek family. It's why we will continue to do so on a systematic basis as long as the, pa the pandemic lasts. We want people to know that we care about them and we want to know if they have any outstanding needs with which they need help. It's not difficult for me to imagine that some have fear and anxiety about what's happening on Wednesday evening, I shared a devotional from Hebrews chapter 13, and we talked about the fear and the anxiety that some may be having, and we prayed together. I would invite you to, to tune in this coming Wednesday at 7 as I do another devotional during the midweek. But ultimately, we want people to know that the church is not a building 
its people. A little bit earlier today, one of my friends, Ray, posted on his Facebook page. He said, the church is not a building. The church is people. Be calm and carry on. I love that. You see, what I see around me in this room right now is not the church. I see brick and I see mortar. I see chairs. I see carpet. I see a platform. I see technological things. I see some lighting. But I don't see the church. The church is at home today. The church is is listening right now. The church is spread out all over our community. But I want to offer you a warning. As you sit there in in hopefully your, your most comfortable recliner, as you have your family hopefully gathered around you, as you are listening this morning, I want to offer a warning that I think is extremely important. And that is this. If we're not careful... There are people that two weeks ago were a part of this church and they were here consistently week after week. And if we're not careful, they will no longer be here once these restrictions are lifted because they have moved on and the church no longer fits into their lives. They don't see the church as being there to meet their needs because the church has moved in in, in their mind from a building. But we know the church is not a building. It's people. You say, it's moved on. They've moved on. It no longer fits their needs. I want you to imagine with me for just a moment the possibility if these restrictions which I believe is more than likely going to happen here in the state of Michigan, that these restrictions will move out to at least eight weeks and very possibly beyond. Imagine what's going to happen then. What's going to happen to people? What's going to happen to churches? You say, Pastor, why Why would this interruption in our lives, why would it cause people who were a part of the church to no longer be a part of the church? I believe that when when people are looking for the church to fill the need in their life, rather than looking for the needs that they can fill with other people through their lives, I believe that's inward focus. To them, the church is something that is designed to meet their needs. And if the church is no longer able to do so because of this pandemic, then they're going to move on to something else which will be able to meet those needs. In the church world, consistent attendance years ago used to be literally defined as attending every time the doors were open and we had services on on Sunday morning but we, we had Sunday school first we had church after that we had church on Sunday night and man we stayed at the altars after that we had church on Wednesday night and that's just what we all did we realized that pre-pandemic consistent church attendance has been defined to be three out of eight Sundays. My question is how many people will stop connecting with a church 
because of their fear as we move forward. Nationwide, church attendance, church growth is not keeping up with population growth, which means that every year, percentage-wise, the church is actually growing smaller and smaller here in America. So how will the church survive? I have one word that I'm going to offer you today that is going to answer that question. And like my other messages this month, it starts with the word M, and the word is multiply. If we're going to be a vibrant, growing, outward-focused church, we must multiply. And I'm not referring to all the babies that are going to be born into the church by Christmas. And I've got news for you. The church has already grown during this time because we've had a birth in the church family. We've had a baby that was born this week. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people coming to know Jesus. So let's look at three things that we can do in order to be an outward multiplying church. Number one, share your hope. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. Peter says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Peter is alluding here in his letter that to the fact that Christians may suffer for doing good. They may undergo persecution because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Now here in America, there's not much religious persecution taking place, but the idea of suffering as a result of these restrictions will begin to hit some in our society. As a result, our deacons have made a decision to target a segment of our community right here in Marquette that may be hit hard uh, the most, the hardest the most as a result of this pandemic. And over the next few weeks, we will be sharing with you what our plan is to reach out and to touch them and to minister specifically to them. Currently, the suffering in our community that's taking place is primarily in the minds of people. It's, it, will, it will get to the point of financial suffering. It may get to other points, but right now it's really in the minds of people. This week somebody told me that they saw people running through stores in our community in order to get what they needed. Someone else told me they witnessed someone literally taking their arm on the shelf and swiping off all of the cans of a particular item into their cart in one swipe. We've noticed that stores are limiting certain items to one per person. These things speak to me that our community members fear that suffering is coming. They want to get what they need in order to avoid suffering. Another person from the church shared with me that a co-worker asked them 
if the coronavirus signaled the end of the world. Friends, we recognize that we're only at the beginning of this. We're not at the end. And these types of questions are going to become more and more common as we continue on in our battle against this virus. Now, the Bible talks a great deal about what we can expect to happen in the future. And if you think that the world is panicking now, I want you to imagine what it will be like when we begin to see biblical events that are prophesied come to pass in this society. That will be true panic. But you know what? We don't need to shy away from these conversations. Instead, I believe, as followers of Christ, we must lean into them. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do so while you're on the clock at work. I think you should respect your employer. You should give them a full day's work. One administrator within the educational system told me that They've been having more spiritual conversations, more spiritual discussions, which have been invited and welcomed by coworkers than ever before, and some of them even openly with others around them. That's the opportunity that we have. Now, we don't have to go home and read the entire Bible in one sitting because I know that right now as I talk about sharing our faith in Jesus Christ, some of you are thinking, I don't know enough. I don't have enough information. I better get home. I better read up on what I need to do. Now, we should be reading our Bibles on a regular basis so that we know what it says. We need to know how to share the message of the gospel. In some form, in the next few days, we will be communicating a Bible reading plan that can help you. You can go on the YouVersion Live uh, app right now, though, and, and have your own reading uh, plan immediately. You can join us uh, for Midweek Devos live on Facebook as we're opening up the Word of God together. We need to do those things. But friends, I want you to know that opportunities abound and will continue to abound for you and I to share the faith that we have in Jesus Christ who is our hope. I'm reminded of the hymn. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Those words were written by Edward Mote in 18. 34, and they are words for us today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. And I need to be ready to share that hope with a world where hope is in long demand and in short supply. Number two, we need to be ready to say, so help me God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 Jesus says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, most of us here, we don't know what it is to testify in a criminal court proceedings, but most of us have watched TV shows that depict what takes place in the courtroom. They used to have you raise your right hand and place your left one on the Bible, and they would ask you, do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Our justice system would invoke the name of God and the word of God as a means of assisting people to tell the truth. They wanted God to actually help people testify truthfully. Here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus is assuring his followers that they were going to receive power from the promised Holy Spirit. And as a result, they were going to be able to offer up an example of personal experience that would be characterized as legal testimony to the world about who Jesus was. And that witness, that testimony was going to take place in Judea, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, most of these followers of Jesus had never been to the end of the earth, the end of the earth, or into all the world. In fact, even Samaria, they, they hated Samaritans, so they would rather walk around Samaria than go through it. So that wasn't even a place that they went. Most of them were from the Judean area in, in, in the Judean countryside, but they were dwelling at this point in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the big city. It was the exciting place to be. Jerusalem was where all the action was happening. And in this moment, most of us that are listening here today are unable to pick up and travel across the world. Many of the flights, in fact, right here in Marquette, I was told that, that this week there were decisions made that a lot of flights are going to be canceled because of a lack of those who are traveling. Uh, we understand that it's possible that a national travel ban may be instituted um, in the upcoming days. We're not sure, but that could happen. I know that some of you have uh, kids that are in college and you receive communication that said if you want your child to be home you need to get them home now or it's not going to be possible soon. Jesus followers were in Jerusalem at the moment when Jesus was talking to them. In fact, even after the day of Pentecost, they didn't run out to the rest of the world. What they did was they focused on the city in which they were at that moment, which was Jerusalem. And right now, at this moment, you and I are in our Jerusalem. That's where we are right now. We may not even be able to leave our Jerusalem at this moment. But these words that Jesus offers up are his final words to his followers before he ascends into heaven. They're important. He said, you are going to be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Now I want to assure you that we continue to support our missionaries. 
we continue to plan for our outreach events. In fact, been doing some thinking, some conversation with others in leadership and talking about Feeding America, which we have an event coming up in May, and should we be allowed to carry out that event, we will be doing it in a way that makes it safe for all who are involved. And I think how critical it is to be able to hand out food to 200 families on a day like that in May. Right now, we need to focus on our Jerusalem. One person from our church, while they were at the pharmacy, they witnessed someone who was obviously very shocked by the amount of their medications copay or the cost. It was much higher than it, they had expected. And the person was kind of a little stunned by that, and so they stepped up and they offered to pay the copay for that individual. Initially, they declined, but then the response of, of the person was, you know what, don't, don't deprive me of this blessing. Allow me, allow me to pay for it and bless you. That person allowed them to pay that copay on their behalf. A hug was offered, but due to the current environment, it was not accepted. I can imagine that scene. Friends, that's focusing on our Jerusalem. That's, that's operating and functioning by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we step out of our own circumstance, when we step out of our own concerns and we minister to others, hope in the name of Jesus Christ. We've got to be prepared to offer that testimony, to offer that witness of hope that we have in Jesus. Number three, we need to step out of our comfort zone. I've shared this with you before. Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friends, people are going to be looking for hope because they have no answers but there will be no shortage of sources that will be offering them those answers. They'll be told that they can look to government. They can look to things as simple as staying away from people, quarantining themselves, access to medical care. Vaccines will, will be offered as a hope. Money or resources, even our Second Amendment rights, that somehow is seen as a hope or, or some other spiritual path to peace. And sometimes as the church, we are guilty of not wanting to offend people by telling them this truth, that Jesus is the only way. He's the only answer. We don't want to offend them but we must be willing to step out of our comfort zones and share the hope of Jesus. It may be at the store. It may be over the phone. It may be while you're out for a walk, but we are going to encounter people who are searching for answers, and we need to be willing to tell them that salvation through Jesus' death and resurrection is our source of peace. I believe that this may be the greatest opportunity that the church 
has had in much of history. And we are living in this moment right now. At the end of this pandemic, we as a church are going to be fundamentally changed and fundamentally different. In fact, I believe every church, every church in America is going to be changed. It's going to be different. The only question is this, whether that change will be positive or negative. And I believe that this is the moment for the church to arise in our community and to lead the way because we have the one true hope in Jesus Christ. It's all right if you say amen in your home. We have that hope. As a church... We will never be the same again when we come to the end of this. It is the people who are the church. You remember when I said that earlier. It's the people who are the church and our people must decide what that change is going to be like because by the time we're able to come back and meet together and fellowship one with another, that change will have already taken place. But it's up to us to reach out to those that are in our community with a message of hope in Jesus Christ. It's time for us to step out of our comfort zone and share that Jesus is the way in order for the church to be truly outward we must begin to multiply we must begin to share the message of the gospel that others might respond to it and come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ we need to share our hope my hope is in Jesus Christ not in how many rolls of toilet paper I may have in my home. My hope is in Jesus. We need to realize that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we've been empowered to be witnesses right here in our own Jerusalem. We need to focus on that Jerusalem, step out of our comfort zone, and I believe that the church will experience a great awakening because of what people are going through right now. I'm just going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me right there in your living room. And let's just pray together. As we pray, I just want to I just want to say this, if you have never, if you've never experienced the free gift of salvation, if you can't say that Jesus is my hope, my hope for the here and now and my hope for eternal life, I just want to invite you to pray. You see, I believe that today, now is the time of salvation. And I believe that Jesus is knocking on the heart's door of men and women all over this nation. And it's getting louder and louder and louder. And you say, Kevin, I want to I wanna have hope in Jesus. I want us to pray together. Dear Jesus, I pray right now for these that want to have hope in Jesus. I pray that 
right where they are, right on the couch. Maybe they're, maybe they're holding hands with their spouse. Maybe they've got kids on the floor. Maybe they're curled up in a blanket and they're just comfortable and they've just been soaking in what I've been saying here today, but they know they need salvation today. They know that Jesus is the only way and they want hope in Him. They want to have faith in Jesus, knowing that He died on the cross for their sins, that He rose again, and that He's coming back. Father, I pray right now that those people that are at that moment would simply say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be my hope. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every person that prayed that prayer. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when even one person comes home to Jesus. Father, I pray for others that are there watching. Father, I pray that we would experience that power of the Holy Spirit to be your witness right here in our own Jerusalem. Father, we have, we have neighbors that may have needs. Let us reach out in the name of Jesus. Father, we have family that may live across town and they, they have needs. Let us minister to them in the name of Jesus. Father, give us opportunities. As Peter said, to share the hope that lies within us. And let us just, just be free to do that, realizing that people are looking for hope right now. And I pray for those that may be afraid and feel like they're hesitant. Father, I pray right now that they would simply say, Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might have the power to be your witness. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will begin to invade their life in a new way and empower them in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you that prayed for the first time to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, I have a gift for you that we would like to send to you. It's called Following Jesus. It's a devotional that you can take your time going through on your own. You've got an opportunity to, to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus. And what I'd ask you to do is just take a moment and would you message us from Facebook, do a private message to Silver Creek Church and give us your name and your address and we will get this out to you at no cost to you, no obligation. We will ask nothing of you. This is our gift to you to help you begin to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Friends, I want to close with this and I've said it before. Jesus is the hope of the church. And as I heard another pastor once say, 
The church is the hope of the world. It has been great to be with you here today. God bless you. Tune in again with us on Wednesday at 7 o'clock for a time of devotion and prayer as we look into God's Word for some encouragement in the middle of the week. We'll be sending out updates. We'll be sending out emails. Uh, make sure that you make yourself um, accessible to those. Make sure we have your email address. God bless you. Enjoy this time with your family. Love on your family. There are people that have asked about online giving. There's information available for that. Others have been dropping off their gifts here at the church. God bless you. Have a marvelous day, and we will see you real soon.